Hi, Sammy. Can you help me? I just want to make sure I pronounce your name properly. Can you say your ah, name? Yeah. Mauritius Stärkledrucks. Oh boy. Okay, slow a little bit slower. <laughs> <laughs> Mauritius. Mauritius. Genau. Yeah. You can also say Mauritius or Mauritius. It doesn't matter. Mauritius is my uh, prename, and then my name is Stärkledrucks. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stärkledrucks. But you can also say Stärkledrucks or whatever. Stärkledrucks. It doesn't matter. Okay. Stärkledrucks. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I want to make sure I got <laughs> it right. Doesn't matter. I I feel free. I mean, you can name me. However you want okay. to. Str don't struggle with language. No, I know. <laughs> I know. That's the takeaway of the documentary. But I want to make sure uh, to get that Thank right. You. But yeah. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy, trapped in an invisible box. Man. When I say mime, what's the first image you see in your head? It's most likely that classic trapped in an invisible box gig, right? Slowly placing his hands one at a time on that flat, invisible, hard surface. But honestly, a mime is a wonderful reminder that we've forgotten the value of communication. If you think a mime, not using any language or speaking, can't effectively communicate, then be honest, <laughs> you're not a driver who freely flips the bird to rude drivers. See, if you flip the bird, you mimed an action, a graphic one, but still you communicated without language or speaking, and you made your intentions and feelings very clear. So yes, for this episode, we are talking about mimes, specifically a famous mime, Marcel Marceau, who once remarked, a magician makes the visible invisible. A mime makes the invisible visible. And that is it exactly. With the artist signs playing at Hot Docs, Marcel Marceau gets a last dance. From working with the French resistance during World War II, he rescued Jewish children and used mime to keep them entertained as they were smuggled to safety. To his friendship with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is who's the one that introduced me to Marcel Marceau. And it was from that friendship that we get the moonwalk what? Yo, son, the moonwalk. Uh, his friends and family tussle with his imposing legacy. It's shocking, but for a cultural giant, a dude who contributed so much, this is his first feature-length documentary. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us. Marcel Marceau died in 2007, so that's disappointing. His voice wasn't an active part of this documentary. I kind of like it sometimes when they sit down and they reflect in that chair, you know, in like certain documentaries. I spoke to the director, Mauritius Strackler-Drux, oh, I think I did that okay, in Zurich, Switzerland, where he lives and works, and yes, we do talk about Swiss chocolates, and yes, we do talk about Swiss money. But we also talk about his deaf father, who is in the documentary and is also a mime. Whoa. I know. Shall we begin? This is my conversation with Mauritius and his hot docs documentary, The Art of Silence, on famous mime Marcel Marceau. Opening manifesto. Sound. The final frontier. My Summer Lair is an enterprise, a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. Thank you for taking the time to do this. 
Of course, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's for me a pleasure. I mean, working some years and then uh, <laughs> talking to nobody. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's really nice that uh, yeah that you give us the chance to present yeah. our film. It's the it's the challenge of a documentary, right? Because a documentary you you can work on it for years or a long period of time. A yeah. feature film you can maybe just do in a week or, or not even a week, like a couple of weeks or a month or something, and then you're done. But a documentary, it spends a lot of time, <laughs> and then you yeah. then you have this thing at the end where like here you go, I spent all this time. <laughs> that's that's true. I mean. I mean, for feature films, you you probably spend a lot of time for writing the script. So mm -hmm. the writing comes to editing process in documentary. I think it's so it's kind of equal. I mean, my friends who are doing fiction, fiction feature, it's even harder to do a film for them mm -hmm. because you have to convince everyone in the beginning. And I start with having nothing in my hand, just the intention. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's start with some of your intentions. Uh, so welcome to Hot Docs. This is very, must be very exciting for you to be able to get uh, the Art of Silence here in Toronto and get it to screen and to like connect with different audiences. Yeah, it's super exciting. I mean, I finished the film almost uh, almost when uh, still the pandemic was running. So we waited for some festivals and it didn't work out very, very well to find a premiere because of different reasons, so ending up uh, in hot dogs is kind of a best-case scenario. That's anyways. good, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so you live and you work in Zurich, is that correct? That's one of the largest cities in Switzerland. Generally, That's correct. Yeah, so yeah. generally we don't hear much about like Switzerland or Zurich. Can you give us like a mm -hmm. picture of what Zurich is like? What is the film community like? Mm -hmm. Give us a, like a vibe of what Zurich is like. Yeah, Zurich. I mean, you all know Zurich is based in Switzerland, so Switzerland is where chocolate and money is running around. <laughs> yes, that's a good <laughs> but, combination. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a good combination. But for film, it's not really true. So we're still struggling for chocolate and money. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm joking. <laughs> the the um, it's it's a small country, but we are especially in document. We have a long tradition in documentary filmmaking, and even we have the possibility to get funding to doing films also in other countries. And this is something really special. We are not obliged uh, to do just films which are shot in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. It gave me also the chance to travel to France and the US and so on. And uh, the film scene, the art house scene is pretty active, especially in the documentary area. And we have, it's a small city. I mean, we are between the big mountains, but um, we have, I think, it's one of the cities with the most screen, cinema screens in a city uh, presented to the uh, people who are living in the city. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, so it's, um, it's a strong, outgoing cinema audience living here. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm surprised with your documentary, The Art of Silence, that this was the first feature length documentary about Marcel Marceau. Was that initially mm -hmm. like I guess due to the family's reluctance, or were there other reasons why mm -hmm. other people hadn't made a uh, Marcel Marceau documentary before? That seems like it's overdue in a way. Yeah. I I I I also have no true answer till now, but I, when I started the project, I, I did research, of course, uh, for other films. And I was really surprised I couldn't find another documentary feature length about mm -hmm. him. 
And when I got in contact with the family, which were really kind and welcomed me, I realized that there are a lot of people interested in his story and the family kind of are so generous and uh, warm people, but mm -hmm. they're, they're, they were not like, you know, like just giving everyone the chance to do this film so they i was invited to meet them and i talked to them they were really kind but they never denied or agreed on my film they really wanted us to to have a deep connection to have a lot of time to work on a film mm -hmm. and i think i just had this this time uh and enough interest in myself to to go back uh into the life of marcel Marceau. Uh, in comparison to all, uh, to other filmmakers who probably just asked to do a, a film within some weeks, you know. Mm -hmm. So it took me four or five years to do this film, and 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 it it was really uh, also a friendship in the end. I mean, yeah, I discovered so many things. Yeah, we're gonna unpack some of the things that you discovered, but I want to start at the beginning with how did Marcel Marceau kind of come into your life. I first heard about mm -hmm. him through Michael Jackson, his friendship with Michael Jackson, right? And you yeah. touched upon that in the documentary. But for you, mm -hmm. was it through your dad who does some mime work or how did Marcel Marceau come into your life? Absolutely. It was through my dad because my dad is a mime as well. And of course, he's not doing the same thing like Marceau, but he has some of some of his sketches he does as well. So as a child, I, I went often seeing my, my father on shows and entertaining people without words, being on stage as a mime. And I thought it was funny, but, you know, when you grow up at a certain point, you get fed up. You don't take your colleagues and friends <laughs> say, hey, come on, let's <laughs> let's go outside tonight, see a mime show. It's for, rather you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to a club or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, at a certain point, I was a bit fed up and I felt also a bit like this cliche we still have from mine, you know, like the, the guy on street who's doing like a... Trapped in the box. Pretend, yeah, trapped in the box, something yeah. like this. Like, it can become also silly. So at a certain point, mm, I rediscovered um, the mimes of Marceau uh, the, and understood that they have a complete different background. I mean, I met this woman old woman in New York and she was um, she was one of the child who were saved by Marceau because uh, um, he's, he helped uh, Jewish children to survive uh, during World War II and he used mime to, 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 to give them another identity. So I re-watched the whole numbers of Marceau and also the, the mimes of my father and I understood that these funny little sketches have a complete different background and this gave me kind of a uh, how you say like an intention to to dive into this world so picking up on that thread then uh for anybody who's not familiar with marcel marceau is there a signature performance or a sketch that you would recommend people check out maybe it's floating around on youtube the mask yeah. maker march of humanity like which one would you kind of say like if somebody doesn't know this is a good way mm -hmm. to kind of like meet Marcel Marceau for the first time. I think you name it. I mean, the mask maker is something we do automatically with little children. We put our hand in front of our faces <laughs> and then we, we, we change our face and we bring everyone to left. I mean, this is kind of a game with identities. And then there's another nice sketch, which is calling called uh, the walk against the wind where Marceau is fighting against the wind. Yeah. He's like, 
going going um how you say like he's not really moving but you have the feeling he's moving you mm-hmm. know and he's kind of fighting against this big force which for him of course it was fighting against the nazis this this big force as a jewish uh, uh immigrant mm-hmm. and and if you turn it around i mean if you go backwards fighting against the wind there you go you have the moonwalk which he dedicated to uh, michael jackson yeah and so part of that, like you've already acknowledged it, like uh, his popularity kind of rose, especially after World War II, and the documentary acknowledges that. Do you think that was the timing as well? Because there was a lot more like now unity and connection across Europe. And so to have somebody who's like has no language can do this universal, he can communicate universally, basically. Like, do you mm-hmm. think that kind of helped propel and like connect pe- people with his work? I think this is a strong reason why he became also so popular. And if you, if you watch uh, how he started his career, I mean, it was after World War, where uh, Germany was occupied. I mean, there were French soldiers, American, Russian. So there were really young people not being able to communicate with each other. And Marceau went to Germany to to play for them, mm-hmm. and. This is kind of special because he did entertainment for young people who are hanging around together but not being able to speak to each other. And he showed that laughing and crying and tears, like the, the basic emotions, we, they're understandable, understandable for everyone. So we don't need any language for that. And this kind of was his starting point of his successes as well because it was so understandable for everyone. Yeah, and so that idea that like there's this universal language... Uh, we already touched upon your dad, uh, but your dad uh, is deaf, and he was—he's fe- obviously mm-hmm. featured in the documentary. So I'm—I'm I'm curious for you, starting with you as a small child, like, did you kind of understand that concept, like that your dad is deaf or can't hear, or like, is that a weird concept for a kid to like? What's that experience like growing up, uh, knowing your dad is like that? Yeah, I mean, as a really young child, I thought that every man is deaf. So if you're talking to deaf people, you just Try you. You're not shouting. You're not yelling. You try to to hit somebody to mm-hmm. to make the person turn around to see your face to read your lips. Mm-hmm. So I, as a young boy, I was walking around and just hitting every man <laughs> to, <laughs> in order to talk to this person. Yeah. So of course, growing up, I understood that my father is special. That he he can't cannot hear, uh, and then he that he's different, and that his kind of his his handicap is kind of. Uh, it's uh you can you can't see his handicap it's kind of invisible mm-hmm. and this put me in a position where i always you know was uh like in inter- i was trying to translate for my father i was trying to give him a voice and these are two things which are still important for me also doing this film because maso was walking around as a jewish boy during world war ii and he was kind of trying to hide himself and hide other Jewish people. So this this idea of walking around and being invisible mm-hmm. and pretending being somebody else than you are in order to survive was the same idea which was inhabited in the story of my father. And this kind of was a strong connection for me and a reason to put together these two completely different personalities. But also, it's uh, this might be a stretch, but it's also interesting because you are communicating uh, with your dad with ASL. So you're doing a lot of like silence. You're communicating in silence, which is what Marcel Marceau did so well. 
uh, and then yet you become a filmmaker and you work, you do a lot of sound work uh, as a filmmaker. That's one of your biggest credits yeah. on IMDb. So yeah. did that, I guess, in terms of like when I was asking you, like, how come this is the first feature documentary? Did that kind of like ability to like uh, work with sound and work with silence? Did that, I guess, kind of like fuel and kind of help uh, this project? Absolutely. I mean, you you name it. I I actually uh, I just directed three documentaries. It's my third documentary. But what I'm doing all day long is doing sound design, sounds for other films. So I'm really a sound nerd and trying to <laughs> to tell stories through sound. I'm really into that. So of course, when I knew I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some years to shoot and work on a new documentary, it was clear for me that I want to find a subject which is not only important for me, but also gives me the chance to, to, to work on a sound level or use sound on a narrative level. And of course, the art of silence, uh, the silence has it in it. If, I mean, I'm here sitting in front of a nice silent uh, forest. So if you go into this forest, I mean, normal people, we think, okay, a silent for forest, if you, if you show silence in cinema, it's just, you just hear nothing. But for me, it's the opposite. If you go into, for example, the silent forest, it's so silent that you rediscover little things you're not seeing, you know? The silence gives you the power to discover things mm -hmm. which are always there, but always hidden. So I str strongly could use the silence in terms of um, telling this story completely differently and also through sound. It's interesting because when we talk about, you and I were talking about Marcel Marceau, he's communicating quite a bit and the audience is laughing and you can hear some of the performances. The audience is laughing and they're like, they're kind of in awe and wonder. Like there's more than just like, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like he's silent because he's a mime, but there's so much more happening, right? And it's kind of what you're mm -hmm. saying with the forest. You would think a mime performance would be like completely quiet and completely still, but there is so much happening. Yeah, I think I think it, the, the sound is so important. I mean, if you're not talking, you're still making a lot of sounds. You have the breathing. You have a you have a movement of your body. You have you have your lips are moving. I mean, there's so many other sounds which shows us so much about your emotion going on. And in the film, there's a part, for example, where my deaf father is telling a story how my soul was once just almost dying on stage. So my father is telling the story in a way. Um, he's kind of sign language and acting at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. you hear a lot of strange briefing of him and mm -hmm. stuff. But he's he's not conscious about that he's doing the sounds, but the sounds are so important because it shows the whole impact of it, it, his emotions going out at this this moment. And this is for me so important as a filmmaker, all this the sounds we are making as human beings besides our words i mean mm -hmm. the words are just so such a small part of sounds we produce mm -hmm. and which are important yeah there's more than one way to communicate so did your Absolutely. did your dad like the documentary what does he think of the documentary yeah he i mean he and the whole Masso family he he they saw the documentary just as it was finished for the first time i never showed them anything before so I think they were kind of overwhelmed see, seeing the whole film with all the different protagonists at the same time. And the good news is they really liked it. I was so afraid they won't. So they really liked the film. And um way to and go. I think my Yeah. <laughs> my father was I think he was pretty surprised that he kind of has a 
leading or important role in the film. Uh, he just thought I, I will put him alongside other protagonists just talking a bit about Marceau. Mm -hmm. So he did not, I think he was surprised seeing that there, yeah, that, that his also part of his story is in, in the film as well. You mentioned the family, you mentioned your dad, your previous documentary, Concrete Love, it focuses well on a creative family. Uh, they were all mm -hmm. architects in this case. So did that previous experience of shooting a creative family uh, and grappling with legacy and what those things mean, did that have an impact or shape how you approached uh, Art of Silence? I think, but not in a conscious way. I mean, I'm just interesting uh, talking about or doing films about relations and and also in in a family you have strong relations. I mean, in work life you can you can go to work and you can can have a fight with somebody else. But if you're fed up, you just quit the job and take another one. But with working within a family, it's it's kind of difficult, more difficult because you just can't quit and go away. You will <laughs> always being faced with people, and this is kind of for me really interesting because it forces us to to really dive into conflicts and try mm. trying ways to to go on with this conflict. So I'm basically interested in that. And this is in an area of arts. And I think this is kind of, for me, it's, this is wonderful about arts because it, it puts the big questions, the important essential questions of our human being in, in the focus. And uh, I think that's why I com combined the two things in my last and in this documentary as well. Yeah. And does that also feed into the idea of legacy? Because a lot of the documentary, when you're talking to Marcel Marceau's family, yeah. they're dealing. Yeah. He's obviously this great figure, and so they're dealing with mm -hmm. the legacy of him. And like, like you and I, we see him as like this great mime, and he did all these great things or whatever. But they're obviously seeing him as like a husband or as a father. Like, there's an extra layer, like you're talking about, like that family relations. So did that also mm -hmm. kind of like feed into your exploration of legacy? Yeah, I, I it's an interesting question. I I think consciously I never reflected on that. I just think that um well, yes, it it has an impact and I uh um how you say uh, for me um for me it was a big problem uh that I I when I start this project that I, I I'm going to do a film about somebody I cannot spend time with i mean marceau was already dead when mm -hmm. i started the project so it was clear that i kind of have to involve people who knew him and this brings always the question of legacy with it so for me it was also important to to do a film not only about the past but also about the future what did happen with mine why was it so important at a certain time i mean our parents are some friends of us, which are a bit older, they all did once uh, like uh, doing a little mime workshop and just doing a bit of mime. And now it's not popular at all. And I was really asking myself, what did happen with this art form and where did it go and why did it almost disappear? So this idea of leg legacy is for me also really close to the question of how does the art develop nowadays in this not really silent times, I would say. Yeah, it's interesting because we just had a Charlie Chaplin documentary uh, here released. It was on Showtime in, in America and Canada. And so now yours comes with the Marcel Marceau. And I was wondering if this is going to be a trend now, right? Where like we're kind of going back and recognizing some of this like lost art form, but this ability to communicate because we're struggling now. We Everyone's kind of using different 
words and different defini definitions. So our language is breaking down and we're not always communicating effectively. And I'm wondering if this is another way for people to discover like a lost way to communicate as we talked about before. Yeah, I think this is really important. But hey, and and can also give hope. I mean, it's like you say. Now we have we can we can uh, talk through Zoom, but also have Skype. But we can of communications channels are just growing immensely. Mm -hmm. As it and it feels like okay, this 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 kind of gives us the idea that our communication is going to be better but it's not true it's kind of we hope we hope that it's going to be <laughs> better but it's kind of the quality of a communication and Maso did and Maso kind of said yeah well with with the right gesture I can I, I mean I can say more than three hours talking you know mm -hmm. so the truthfulness of a message is 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 deeply deeply connected to to mine because if somebody's doing something without words you immediately see or feel if it's right or not and this can be so much stronger than than words and i think it um it's true in our times we're searching for definitions and we are trying um to name things and give have important but sometimes we are struggling in searching the right than rather just just um, important my minorities, yeah. Yeah. So we can end it there because we, we you were talking about hope, right? Which is what Marcel Marceau kind of represented. This like uh, hope, not just saving obviously lots of children from World War Two, the horror of World War Two, but also that hope of like that communication, as we were saying, like the ability to like find the universal experiences and connect with people. And so it's interesting that his family, uh, his daughters, his grandson, who are featured in the documentary, The Art of Silence, they're trying to carry on this legacy, right? And trying to communicate and keep those universal experiences alive and share them with people. So well done on the documentary. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, are you going to be able to come to Toronto and bring some of that, uh, uh, the Swiss chocolate and Swiss money with you or... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, my journey is planned. I hope it goes well. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm I'm hoping that I, I will will come, but it's not sure yet. Actually, it's not it's not booked yet. We we have a release of the film here in Switzerland and Germany as well. So there's a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I really succeed to uh, to to hop over for a few days, but I, I, I will definitely try. Okay. And please do bring some of that Swiss chocolate. That'd be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course I will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sammy. I'm looking forward to, to hear, hear the podcast. Yeah. Yo, that was director Mauritius Struckler-Drucks in Zurich, Switzerland. His documentary on Marcel Marceau is called The Art of Silence. I am Sammy, host of My Summer Layer. So to address a couple of the topics we covered in this conversation, I couldn't remember it, but the name of the Chaplin documentary is called The Real Charlie Chaplin. It's on Showtime on Demand in America and on Crave in Canada. Watching that documentary, I was curious, who was it for? Like... Do younger people consume Charlie Chaplin? Do they know 
who he is and like how good he was. We overuse this word, but Charlie Chaplin truly was brilliant. We take for granted that people speak in movies, but early cinema, there was no talking. It was physical communication, acting, and mimes. The audience was asked to use their imagination to fill in the gaps like those, uh, those blank spaces between comic book panels. And I get it. That was then. This is now. Mimes are not as popular these days. That premise feels true, and at the same time, that premise feels flawed. Have you ever watched Mr. Bean? He's internationally popular. You don't need to translate a turkey on his head to know what's happening, right? Kind of like a mime. Everybody gets that joke. If anything, you can draw a straight line from Chaplin to Buster Keaton to Marcel Marceau to Mr. Bean. This is a noble cinematic tradition. Even before Mr. Bean, there was David Bowie, Bowie, who opened for T-Rex in 1969, not performing music, but performing mime. Bowie's mime abilities is said to have rivaled Marcel Marceau. Having seen Bowie live, I can freely admit dude has the skills to pay the bills. This is why I was shocked. The Art of Silence is Marcel Marceau's first feature-length documentary. Like, yo, what took so long? In an interview in Jet Magazine, Michael Jackson, he said this about Marcel Marceau. He was a great guy. I used to go see Marcel Marceau all the time before Off the Wall. I used to sneak in and sit in the audience and watch how he would defy the laws of gravity like he was stepping on air. I would take some of those things and include it into rhythm and dancing when I move. Defying the laws of gravity. Isn't that what Michael Jackson did repeatedly? It's crazy. Look how much pop culture I just went through in a couple of minutes and how it's all wonderfully connected. Anyways, uh, a famous Marcel Marceau quote is never get a mime talking. <laughs> he won't stop. And I guess the same is true for an excited podcast host. Thank you for listening to me in the Netflix world. Here is a My Summer Layer public service announcement from Hank. Take it away, Hank. Sharing is caring. Has this recent pandemic made you shy about sharing? Do you find yourself closed off? Are you hiding your light under a bushel? Whatever a bushel is. Today. Right now. Choose. Life. Set yourself free from your emotional quarantine. Start small and share this My Summer Lair podcast. Take one small step and share it with one friend. Or if you feel up to it. Two friends. I know. Some wild and crazy people will post this episode on Facebook for everyone. But that's not where you're at. What is one small step you can take today to share my summer lair? They say sharing is caring. That's true. What's also true is that sharing is self-caring. So today. Right now. Care for yourself. And share this episode. Thank you for your courage. It means so much to Sammy, to all of us. If you'll excuse me. I have something in my eye. Mimes, yo.